The Soil Factory is not only dirt talk, it's a discussion about all things soil, business, marketing, and cool people. And now your host, straight out of compost, the one, the only, Luis Chamorro. Okay, Luis with the ground up. Welcome to the Soul Factory Podcast, episode six. Incredibly special episode today because we have a guest who is, and I consider one of my really good industry friends. Um, I admire him to the fullest. Zach Tolbert from Austin, Texas. Hello, Zach. Hello. What's up? Hanging out, just uh, on a little trip to Houston, meet with some clients, promote sustainability, and uh, Delta Millworks, and thought I'd give you a buzz. I know this is just getting going, so. Uh, it's fun, it's fun. Are you nervous? No. No? Okay, good. Zach is, um, Zach and I met, I don't know how many years ago, probably six, six. six years ago. Yeah. yeah. He has... Uh, incredible passion for sustainability and i don't think you'll ever meet somebody with as much passion as he as he has how was your thanksgiving first and foremost uh, it was great just spending with some friends and family um low-key weekend and yeah it was nice avoided all the consumerism on black friday successfully nice were you in town in, in austin or stayed in austin yeah, yeah. okay cool um i mentioned on episode five that I was going to interview my uncle Hector Buitrago the blueberry farmer and unfortunately uh well fortunately I, I asked what, what what do you want to drink tonight we went to his house in Atlanta and he said he wanted uh rum because my aunt likes rum so I bought a bottle of 23 year old rum we got home and we started drinking rum and next thing you know I had too much rum and we couldn't do a podcast it happens it happens <clears throat> yeah but um episode six uh very exciting information today um what do you think about soil that's the first question i want to ask uh well soil is fundamental to everything to life um i mean everybody i was in the plant world before this and you know you can buy the best healthiest you know plant you could find at the best nursery but if you're putting it in crap soil, then you're going to get crap return. Like soil is fundamental to everything and water conservation to, you know, success of the plant and the ecosystem. So I love what you guys are doing here. Good, good. Um, one of the things that um, <clears throat> I don't think many people know is the soil factory concept actually came up as, a, as an idea when I was having dinner with you one time. Really? It was just in my in my head, and it was it was one of those things we were talking about a co-op, and it was we were in San Antonio. Yeah, I remember that night. And uh, and I thought maybe I need to do something like this, and then it just developed from there with the yeah. U.S. Composting Council uh, conference and so forth. But that's where this whole factory was yeah. kind of originated. I'm honored. I'm honored and and uh, every, every time I, I hang out with Zach, whether it's here, Baltimore, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, Columbus. somewhere, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we have a blast, and my my creativity just sparks because we always talk about crazy stuff, 
and and at one point in Dallas, we were at the TNLA Expo, and we decided to buy a domain. Well, I bought the domain, <laughs> but but we Not always unfold as it happens. We 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 go by a, a tagline in our lives that we say, "Let it unfold as it happens." Why? Because when you plan a dinner, especially at a trade show, you have to wait in line and so forth. And we were hanging out with some friends from Oregon, and uh, they said, "Well, there's a wait here," and I said. Yeah, just let it unfold as it happens. And next thing you know, we're having the best, amazing dinner that we've probably had in our lives. Got picked up in a limo. And yeah, I got picked up in a yeah, limo, and, yeah. and, and, and it was never planned. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, you don't you don't eat uh, the emperor's steak if you plan it. Not <laughs> <laughs> or you don't get a wine uh, yeah. in a decanter from Germany that looks like a chemistry yeah. kit. Yeah. I don't know. It was amazing. So, uh, Rob from Left Coast Logistics in Oregon. Thank you. That's for you. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so Zach is uh, selling one of the sexiest products I've seen in my life. We make soil sexy. We make sexy soil at the soil factory in the ground up. But Zach makes sexy wood. Well, I don't. Delta well, you don't. Millworks. Delta Millworks does. But... And if you know anything about soil, you know that soil is part of, I mean, sorry, wood is part of the process of making soil. When we manufacture soils, we have to have a raw material that is the decomposition of green waste, which then becomes soil. And part of that is, you know, some of the wood decomposes and turns into soil. But Delta Mill works those things differently. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, well, not a little, a lot about Delta Mill works, because this amazing and if you want to see this wood i'm going to show you the wood in a post one of the posts on, on this podcast so delta mill works well, thank you for that wonderful introduction um so i was lucky enough i moved to I, I grew up in west virginia moved to austin in 2006 to practice landscape architecture and was very fortunate to meet the soon to be second generation owner of Delta Millworks the first summer I moved to Austin. Um, Robbie Davis's dad, Bob, started in 1985 uh, and really kind of pioneered sustainability uh, with longleaf pine. Um, it was an old growth product that used to grow from Texas to Virginia. We harvested 97% of it before 1930s and so it was uh, you know, you can't you can't harvest new longleaf pine. He saw these buildings being destroyed and uh, and torn down, and so we started salvaging these beams uh, and and massive timbers because longleaf pine was the I beam before we had I beams. Um, and so Delta was started in '85. We moved into our facility in 1990, uh, focused on reclaimed longleaf pine flooring, siding, paneling, and we were uh, kind of a regional mill shop. Um, kind of on the map, but nothing nothing huge. Um, through the 90s, we uh, Bob was really well positioned to do the uh, capital renovation and because he had stockpiles of longleaf pine and a historic building like that can't be uh, renovated without having the exact same species and profile. So um, that really elevated our, our profile in the Texas market. Um, and it was kind of, just trodden along and then Robbie Davis took over around 2008 and started burning wood 
discovered shishugiban, an ancient Japanese technique to preserve the wood. So if you char the, the wood um, at a thorough enough level, it'll actually create fire resistance, rot resistance, decay resistance, and, um, and it can also be an incredibly beautiful product. And so we've been burning wood and making it beautiful and shipping it around the world ever since. Shipped to, I think, 11 countries now. Um, and what I'm really excited about, I, I, I love what they're doing and I've always tried to promote it, but I, the landscape architect market, which is my world, they can't really use a lot of wood in the design that's not gonna deteriorate over time. Um, and then I, I walked in the mill last summer and I noticed they had this panel that looked like Ipe and it was Kebony. And I asked a series of la nerdy landscape architect questions and every answer check the right box it's grows in 30 years sustainably it's modified with organic compound as a 30-year warranty easy to work with cost competitive or cheaper than ePay. doesn't come from the rainforest There's, everything was phenomenal and then i learned about akoya which is another modified pine that uh, is actually food grade safe it has a 50-year above ground warranty 25-year in-ground warranty it's the most arguably the most high performance and most sustainable wood product in the world. It's one of 10 that has a cradle to cradle gold certification, which means the entire supply chain minimizes waste. It's turned into products like uh, Tricoya, which is a uh, MDF panel, four by eight panel, um, that is made from the, the scrap wood and turned into chips, similar to what you guys would use like in the soil factory. Nice. And I'd actually be curious to know if sawdust from Akoya could be used in your compost because it's not going to rot or decay for 50 years huh. under warranty. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to warranty compost for 50 years. <laughs> well, it's just not, it's not going to perform. It's not going to rot and become soil. Maybe, maybe we need to do a, a test. I think we should. We should do a test. Yeah, um, absolutely. Okay, so... Well, Zach is telling us the story about um, Delta Millworks. What happened in 1985? Bob started Delta. Okay. And funny story, I, I don't even know all the details, but he basically rented this empty lot on East 7th Street. And anybody knows Austin, now there's apartment buildings everywhere in this area. But when I moved to Austin, there wasn't much. And in 85, I know there was a fraction of what was there when I moved there. It was just kind of an abandoned lot and he would, uh, he stored, he just stockpiled, was buying up, like he, driving around, seeing buildings demolished. It had long stockpiling, in it yeah. and he started like buying it up, salvaging it and stockpiling. You know, you know what else happened in 1985? What's that? The Coca-Cola company introduces new Coke. Ooh. Heisel Stadium disaster. Unabomber kills his first victim. CDs were introduced. Yeah. Uh, the wreck of the RMS Titanic was located, the Mexico City earthquake. Greenpeace ship Rainbow Warriors is, is sunk by French agents, and a lot of other different things. Wow, I was three, so I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know much of that. So a lot of things happened in 1985, including Delta Mill Works. What do you know, yeah. right? So um, that's 33 years ago. Am I right? No. 35 years ago. Well, 33. 33 years ago. And you're how old? 36. I'm 37. We were tiny. Yeah. 
What were you doing in 1990? Riding bikes, playing in the woods. In West Virginia? Yeah. You went to school where? At WVU, West Virginia University. Nice. Montaneer. Tell us a little bit about school in West Virginia. How is it different than Texas? Well, there's mountains. The campus is on a hillside. Like I, uh, The house I lived in second through fourth uh, year was literally on a 45 degree like the hill the street that i parked on was at a 40 degree slope wow at the very top it went like steeper than 45 degrees and if it just sprinkled like you could sit and watch cars just get stuck there ah hmm your transition from west virginia to texas was it hard a little bit the summers are i'm still not I haven't gained any heat tolerance yet. Heat tolerance. And I lost all my cold tolerance from, from growing <laughs> up in the mountains. So I got I got nothing. Nothing. But I you know, Austin's an amazing city and I fell in love with it and feel at home, so now um in the introduction of the podcast they said you're one of the most passionate people about sustainability. And the first thing that I remember about Zach Talbert is his necklace. At the time you had a necklace if I remember correct, there was something to do with um, African labor, maybe? Yep, conflict minerals. Conflict so, minerals, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it was. So it was an organization called Falling Whistles. Um, it's now based in Sweden. Uh, it was founded by an incredibly, incredibly amazing human being, dear friend. Uh, I can now call him a dear friend. Uh, but it, it, it's an incredible, it was, it was an, it, absolutely shocking to learn that coltan, tin, tungsten, these rare earth metals, you probably haven't even heard of coltan, but it's in your cell phone. The Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, there is traces of coltan in that device. And it comes from the Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo. That's the world's richest uh, country, uh, mineral-rich country. I mean, all the uranium for any atom bomb that we ever dropped came from the Congo. Uh, it was... Not that name at the time, but um, it's been a conflict-ridden uh, area since the Belgian uh, colonial days, and just incredible, incredibly like just painful history yeah. uh, with colonialism, and you know it still continues to this day. What I was shocked about is over five million people had died since the mid '90s due to these conflict minerals. Um, and it's shocking. And so the organization was called Falling Whistles um, because these warring factions would raid through a village and force the children to join their side and fight with them or die. And the kids that were too small, their hands were too small to carry a gun, they'd give them a whistle and they'd send them to the front lines. If they saw an enemy, you blow the whistle. And so they were kind of a human shield. And that's where the name came from. But it was, you know, I was at the time building an internet company, technology company getting pushing people to use more electronics and when i found out about this it, it felt like it was i mean I, I couldn't not bring awareness to this this matter and feel you know be able to sleep at night i'm pushing more electronics and promoting technology i gotta at least you know do some awareness to that even though there aren't conflict-free electronics uh really even to this day not a, not an entire device um, that's readily available to the public. It's kind of scat. So. I was I was somewhere with you when you took that necklace off your neck and gave it to somebody, and I don't remember who it was. Isn't that Tammy? Tammy. Isn't that in, 
Uh, from Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Again, Oregon people. Yeah, that was a let it unfold as a happen night. Let it unfold as a happen night. Oh, and by the way, you were in Oregon when the total solar eclipse happened. Yes, yeah, at, after that dinner. Far West. Uh, far they were like, you should come to Far West next week. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I can really, I hadn't budgeted for that, but it is the but solar I'm going. eclipse, so yeah, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll see you there. Nice. Other than falling whistles, now you have... A necklace that has a piece of what looks like wood. That is correct. Yeah, actually, uh, since Falling Whistles is kind of um, refocusing its efforts, um, it seemed kind of weird to keep wearing that, promoting that same thing uh, after years and years, and felt naked. And so one day before a wedding, uh, I was going out to California for a wedding, and it's like I need I need something around my neck. I, I'm not wearing a tie. Um, and I had this Palo Santo, which, um, unbeknownst to me at the time is kind of like the inverse of sage. You know, people burn sage to cleanse a space and pull out the negative energy. Yeah. You burn Palo Santo to attract the positive energy and positive intentions. So it's kind of a magnet for good vibes. And, um, I didn't know that at the time, but I carved a little piece of wood and put it on a necklace and I've been wearing one ever since. So is that found in Texas? Uh, no, I believe it's a South American. Um, it's kind of like a mesquite in terms of like deserty uh, climate. I, to be honest, I have never really done full research on it because I don't want to find out that it has any negative connotations to it. <laughs> and okay. So I'm just keeping staying positive and believing that it's, you know, all on the up and up, and it's amazing. Uh, well, there is something uh, pretty interesting about Palo Santo. It comes from where I'm from. Ah, yeah, I thought it was South American. Yeah, but it's a uh, well tree native, Mex- well tree native to Mexico, Peru, Venezuela, Argentina, Bolivia, Colombia, Costa Rica. So all the, I, I, it looks like it's native to most of the uh, near the equator. Yeah. Yeah, it's tropical, right. tropical climates. And it's a weed. Yeah. A total weed. Yeah. Crazy. Any other necklaces you wear? Not really. Okay. Well, I've, I've always been intrigued by the, the especially falling whistles. That yeah. really, it's yeah, it's very sad to hear. It, was a, it's, it is. When you explain it, it's, uh, it's pretty uh, impactful. Yeah. Well, that just goes to show the, the power of, of the company and the message they built because you know for something i wore around my neck to move you like that that's props to the yeah the creators of that organization um going back to delta mill works you said 97 percent of the of the longleaf pine was harvested yep. between the advent of the steam sawmill like yeah. the late 1870s 80s by 1930 we had harvested 97 percent is there any longleaf pine i mean there's a tiny bit of old growth that's protected yeah but you cannot harvest it okay and yeah there's shortleaf pine these are all common names so and the lumber industry doesn't really operate quite as seem to be as strict with botanical names as the plant world which i'm more familiar with so i always struggle with this but um yeah the old growth longleaf pine which is what was was so in demand is no longer so um, my wife and I were in a design studio. We were 
you know, thinking or like just talking about building a new house in the future. And we went to this architecture uh, firm and design studio, and I see a picture on the wall of this beautiful home, uh, custom home, um, built by Trinity Homes here in Houston. And I look at the picture closely, and I see the gator, or it's not gator, is it gator? Mm-hmm. It's like the, the panel that's yeah, the full burn. Uh, full burn. And I said, where do you get where do you get this? And they said, oh, we, we got it from Delta Millworks. Yeah. Amazing. Can you name, if you know, of any celebrities that have Delta Millworks in their homes? Oh, no. Because, you know, if you look at our portfolio, it's all Colorado residents or... So there's got to be, yeah. But we've, we've got a lot of projects in Aspen, uh, and very high-end areas, uh, you know, New York, LA. We've, you know, we're, we've shipped all over the country and to eleven other countries. So, we and we are a high-end product. So it, there's good chance it's in some celebrities' homes. Yeah. I don't know who they are. What's the farthest country? Um, the Maldives. Maldives. Yeah. Any in the Middle East? Dubai? Not that I know of yet. Okay. Um, we've got Amsterdam, France. Uh, I'm sorry, Holland, France. Um, we've shipped to a couple Asian countries. Those aren't necessarily listed on our website yet, but because we don't have photos of those. But yeah. um, Mexico, Canada. Yeah, it's it's it really took off. Robbie did an amazing thing with his R and D, uh, and really created something that people are really driving towards and. I don't know how you describe it. I describe it as sexy. It's it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's absolutely I mean, it's, stunning. It's art. It's art. It's I mean, absolutely it's, stunning. Yeah. And uh, the day I have the uh, the 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 means to to do a full setup of Delta Mill Works, I'm going to do it. When, you better keep us in mind when you're talking to your wife about budgeting for this house. Oh, I, I am. <laughs> if she's listening uh, to this, which I don't think she will ever listen to my podcast because she's probably embarrassed by listening to my voice. But Delta Mill works. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can give you some, I mean, there's some celebrity companies. So, like, we've, we're in the Netflix headquarters, Google, IBM, uh, I mean, pretty much any tech company, Amazon, um, Whole Foods, which is now Amazon. Yeah. Uh, we are on the, uh, our wood clads, the French Laundry, Thomas Keller's amazing restaurant in Napa Valley. Okay. Um, that's, that's pretty celebrity. Nice. Um, the Moxie Hotel in New York, and it, we're, we're incredibly lucky to work with incredible architects, and That's they've brought us on some incredible projects. Beautiful. Um, one of the things that really differentiates your product, and we, we looked at this at uh, some pictures, and I actually looked at it when I visited Discovery Green here in Houston. If you're listening from, you know, not, not in Houston, Discovery Green is the very tiny scale it's a beautiful, central park, park but it's an outside am- of the convention center yeah it's amazing it's an amazing design yeah their decking is made with ipe i, I believe it's ipe ipe um what is the big difference between ipe and delta well ipe comes from the rainforest uh it you typically find an ipe tree i mean ipe is one of the uh kind of pi- uh, not the pioneer but like the um, central like uh, 
ecosystem defining was one of the ecosystem defining species so it's they're not common they're spread out um you know in terms of regrowth you're going to find one every 25 acres on average um and i believe i've heard anything from 10 to 27 acres uh in the you know on in the natural forest but it's only harvested by clear cutting and so I saw a study this, say, a municipality want to put in a quarter mile boardwalk along a riverfront or an oceanfront along the bayou, for instance. A quarter mile long boardwalk, 3,000 feet or so, 12 feet wide, 30,000, 36,000 square feet. That caused a single project required 257 acres of the rainforest to be clear cut hmm. to do one project. Like that to me is just completely unacceptable. If you compare that, how many acres? I mean, of Delta. I mean, uh, Akoya and Kebony are grown on FSC certified plantations. It's it's incredibly well managed forest. Those grow to maturity in thirty years, have a lifespan of thirty to sixty years, and they're planting trees right as soon as it's cleared. You know, they're replanting that forest. So we're sinking carbon into the environment by using Kebony and Akoya. We're destroying the earth's lungs to use epe and the problem is we've you know we've used a lot of the old growth epe and so the quality of the material they're shipping now is subpar so the the lore of these performance factor that epe is supposedly supposed to have is doesn't really happen so that's why the deck at in at the discovery green is starting to fail at 10 years in yeah yeah, Which and, is, and you can see it. I mean, it's, oh, the, it's visible. Yeah, and, and you know, that also is is a great illustration of why the hidden clip fasteners for decks is just a huge uh, mistake waiting to happen because if you put a groove on both sides of each board, like tongue and groove, but groove and groove, so you've got, you know, maybe just over an eighth inch of wood mm-hmm. hanging, cantilevering out over this groove all the way down each board. That's gonna break off. Yep. Ipe is one of the densest woods in the world. It's like 3,500 on the hardness scale. Uh, that I mean, if that breaks off, everything else will break off. So I, you know, that's it's multifaceted. Yeah. And I have I'm, I really respect whoever designed that. Uh, you know, this is not about whoever designed that. No, no, it's it, not. It's, it's like it's just the the difference. And, and Akoya the... wasn't on the market. Kebony wasn't on the market when that deck was installed. So in fairness, they didn't really have a whole lot of an options. option. Well, if you want to see options, you can always visit me uh, at the ground up and visit the Soul Factory podcast headquarters, and I have brochures and samples I can show you. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. If you're in the Houston area. If, if you're in the Houston area, yeah. Reach out to me. Yeah. Um, well, we'll share all your contact information. Cool. Um, so, what's in the future for you in, in Delta Millworks? Where do you guys see what, what's going to happen? I mean, it's impossible to have the crystal ball, but what's... I mean, in a perfect world, we continue to grow and, and um, improve our... our uh, operation, incorporate more lean practices so we're more sustainable, more efficient, uh, and, and could produce higher quality product. And, you know, I'm really excited about just continuing to grow our, 
yeah. customer base. And Akoya and Kebony just came onto the market, you know, a few years ago in the U.S. Like it's it's a 15 year old company. Um, the research and behind the science of Akoya is over 100 years old. Um, thanks, Lagunitas. Uh, but the company is relatively new, and uh, they ramped up and grew their base by building doors and windows, boring, you know, usually painted completely, you know, you don't even know it's a Koya wood. They built, they used that market entry to ramp up their scale because doors and windows shrink and swell and stick. So they're not really widely known yet. And we've been, we've had an incredible uh, run introducing them. And I'm excited to keep doing that on the landscape side because not many people really know about on the landscape side. I get excited when I talk about it, and I don't know much about it, right? Because I, I visit landscape landscape architecture studios and firms, and my presentation has a little bit of everything we do, but the big bulk of the presentation is the soil factory and what we do with the soil factory. Um, okay, so the unscripted part, none of this is scripted, by the way, but the unscripted part is... I bought this book at in Target last night, and the book has 642 things to write about. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip through the pages and choose two topics that you're going to answer questions about. I'll try. Okay. And the, the how I'm going to flip through these pages is just randomly. I'm just going to... Yeah. It's like spinning a globe. Spinning, yeah. So first one is this one. Where you wish... You were. I don't know. I pretty pretty darn content where I am right now. I you know, I'd love to be uh, in Colorado in some snow right now. Okay, that's good enough. Yeah. Second random question. I already flipped it out, yeah. right? Uh, this one. What you ate for breakfast today? Ooh, great question. Ah, there is, next time you're in Austin, you've got to check this out. Uh, there's a new breakfast, I guess it's open for lunch, but it's a breakfast style place. It's called Bird Bird Biscuit. Okay. Unbelievable. Like, breakfast tacos are awesome and all, but at some point, you know, I get tired of eating a tortilla for in the morning. Mm-hmm. You don't really have good biscuits around, like options. I'm not going to a fast food. So this is a little brick and mortar up on Manor in Austin, Texas. Unbelievable. Like, just, the it's like gourmet bacon, egg, and cheese. Ooh. Biscuit. Nice. Okay, so uh, I'll probably go. We're visiting Austin uh, next Wednesday. Yeah, Thursday morning. Yeah. So Thursday morning. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be in Austin uh, at the ASLA... End of year party. Holiday party, yeah. Holiday party at Delta Millworks. Yeah, the Central Texas chapter. Yeah. And so we are uh, excited to have sponsored that and excited to, you know, show this whole factory concept to everybody there. Or talk about it. We're not going to show it. Everybody will be drinking. What are we going to drink? Well, you know. Surprise or what? Yeah, Lagunitas and that's kind of. No old fashions? I don't know. That's that's on ASLA. Okay, all fashion ASLA. We're just the, Austin, the host. I got, yeah, we got music, PA. Well, um, this has been fun. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, time flies. Time flies. Thirty yeah. thirty two minutes now, or thirty one minutes.
And uh, how long have you typically been subjecting your listeners to? Twenty-two to twenty-two, twenty twenty-two to twenty-nine. All right. Yeah. All right. So we're right in there. So we're right in there. Uh, okay. So a few more things here. Um, and I'm going to ask you to do this uh, now. Okay. Right. So part of my target uh, purchases last night were I bought this book called 642 Things to Draw. So I'm going to choose one one thing that Zach's going to draw, and we're going to post it online and see how, how good he is at drawing. So, and I haven't, I haven't practiced landscape architecture sketched in a long time. Oh, come on. All right. And... A shooting star. Oh, oh that's sweet. easy. I got that's this. easy. I got this. Shooting star. Well, uh, Zach, um, thanks for visiting us. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's it. it. That's it. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. You gotta put your name and the date and the podcast episode. Podcast number six. Was... <laughs> that's all it is. When if you're listening to this, but if you if you really want to see. The, the drawing you're going to see probably on Twitter and Facebook, uh, thegroundup.com, well, facebook.com forward slash thegroundup, Instagram, thegroundup underscore, Twitter, you're going to see it at the Soul Factory. Uh, Zach, thank you for joining us. Luis, thank you for hosting. I'm doing yeah. this. This is awesome. And uh, anything else you'd like to add? Think about where your products come from. Think about the decisions you make. I'm actually thinking about dropping Amazon Prime because I just we need to be more conscious of the decisions we make. I feel very encouraged about where everything is and things are moving in America and society as a whole. So keep up the good work. Let's let's save the planet. Are you on Tinder? No. No. Zach is single. One last story. Quick story. Uh, we had an amazing time at TNLA Expo 2018 in San Antonio. We were invited to a casino night. We have a big group waiting for us outside. I get out of the trade show, not thinking, not looking at Zach's outfit. And I go up and change, and I come back down, and we have the exact same outfit. <laughs> Unplanned. Forget about that. Twins. Unplanned. Forget about Zach is uh, as tall as I am. You're 6'3". Yeah. 6'3". I'm 6'3". He's lighter than I am and darker. <laughs> but we're both wearing the same exact outfit, which was kind of funny because people thought we had planned the outfits. So, uh, episode 7. Who knows who's going to show up at this Old Factory <laughs> podcast? Uh, we might have... On the queue, we have David Hudson with Avantgarde. Uh, they do recycling uh, systems, and he used to manage one of the largest composting facilities in the country, based out of California. David Hudson moved back from California a few months ago and is now heading this fantastic company here in Houston. Uh, we might have other guests, but when you listen to this podcast, please make sure you share the podcast. As always, thanks for listening, and we are out. Thank you.